Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, folks. We are here, and this is the first day of real sunshine that we have had. Yesterday, for I don't know, an hour and a half or so, the sun came out before two storms, so I was able to go hang out at the at the pool and just soak up some sun. And I love that. My Sundays that way. I just some time to reflect, some time to think, and it's an awesome time. But today. We're in Chapter 6 of the Little Red Book of Wisdom by Mark DeMoss. And it's funny because this one says, Technology isn't everything. Learning to use it wisely. You know, technology, I mean, when I think back, it's not just the Internet. It's not just email. And I know we're all, for the most part, business people, but I want to I wanna think back even further than that. Most of us... Somewhere along the line, if we're Generation X, baby boomers, we can think back before TV dinners were created in a microwave. I can remember when Swanson's first came out, and I always got excited if Dad would pick some up at the store and bring them home because they were in aluminum containers. You'd put them in the oven, and a little bit later out came this, this meal, whether it was fried chicken or whatever, supposed to make our life simpler. That was the key, and yet has it, the microwave. All of a sudden, instead of it being in the oven, we put it in the microwave, and it's a microwave dinner. It's not a TV dinner. We're supposed to have fast. It's supposed to give us more time for what's important, our family or our hobbies or whatever. And what happened? We seem to be busier than ever, in America at least. You know, I'm I'm learning as I study cultures in different countries how much simpler other people have it. You know, you take Great Britain, you take Japan, you take you take France, just just those, even Italy. And you know, they take time throughout the day just like our Hispanic friends south of the border. Time to relax, time to think, time to chill. But yet in America it's busy, 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 go, 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 and that's how we say we're, we're successful. It makes us feel successful if we're busy. It makes us feel like we've accomplished something if we're busy. That's what we're talking about today. Mark says, technology has kind of turned the tables on us. We have moved to its speed and its rhythm instead of our own. It's interesting because he he uses a, a little story. He said, one day at the DeMoss house, our high-speed Internet service lost its zip. We had the good fortune to retain a service technician. The next, the nice man came to our house, set a mis, mis, mystical meter on the box at the cable and said, ah, here is the problem. Not enough juice coming through the line. said he fixed it, got back into the house. Nothing was changed as he drove off into the night. So the next morning, Mark says, I punched in the cable company's phone number just to get a welcome to the cable communications. For quality assurance purposes, your call will be monitored. Please enter your 10-digit phone number. Mark thought, so far, so good. I knew my phone number. To make a payment, press 1. To order new service, press 2. If you've experienced technical difficulties, press 3. For billing, press 4. Disconnect, press 5. Huh, I paused to confirm consider my options and then it said you'd like to hear the menu again press 9 so I pressed 9 so I could figure it out then I pressed 3 
If you'd like to confirm a previously scheduled appointment, press 1. No, I don't need to confirm that. If you need to discuss an appointment, press 2. I listen further. To reset your converter box, press 2. No, that's cool. For cable TV, press 3. For high-speed Internet, press 4. Oh, there it is. Press 4. Click. Finally, after about 15 minutes, late to work, he presses 0 to get a live operator just to learn that it's in a new round robin. Now, he thinks that the cable office is a couple blocks away, so he decides he's going to drive down there. And when he says that to his wife, she said, don't bother. I've already learned that all that is is, a, is an office. You don't get any customer service. They actually refer you to an 800 number. Now, think about this for a second. In the very old days, you'd make a phone call and you got a live operator. Matter of fact, some of you on the call may not be able to remember the party lines. You may not be able to remember Ethel when you when you dialed the phone number and needed to get to another city and was routed by a live operator. I can remember when I was a small little lad, I would go with my granny, my grandma Hazel, and we'd go to the hotel in Osceola because that's where she was the cleaning lady. And the operator was downstairs that would connect all the different rooms. And I actually think maybe part of the phone company was there because she was always on the phone chatting with somebody. If you've watched any of the original TV land, you see this in Green Acres and, and Petticoat Junction. So I grew up in that era. I understand back when phones were like that. I still remember the dial telephone before Touchtone came out. It was human connection. Now, lately, we've replaced that with technology. My daughters, on average, will send 3,000 text messages a month. That means between the two of them, over 6,000 text messages are going out. That has not included Facebook, any little emails that they might send out, time on the phone, texting on, what do you call it, chatting on Facebook, whatever that is. None of that has been included yet. This is just what they do on their cell phones. It's interesting as I started going through here and listening to what Mark says. He put this down. He says, and so it goes in homes across the nation in America's pursuit to help for our most service-free technology. We wonder why people have road rage. We wonder why people go postal. Listen to this. Two-thirds of customers who try to get advice or get service online finally quit and try to use the phone, according to Gardner Research. But turning to the phone menu is like going from bad to a broken or bad car to a broken unicycle. Doesn't work. Fourteen of fifteen voice response systems, according to Forster Research, earn failing grades. Another study says that three quarters of people trying to call for help with technology problems, eventually dissolve it in customer rage. You may be saying, Troy, what the heck has this got to do with my business? It actually <coughs> excuse me, has to do with your life. See, if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, and you keep referring to email only, if you keep thinking you can just do a little chat, a little private message on Facebook, it's not going to work. Cowboy Joe Schroeder just joined a company called Green Organic, and I did a small review on Joe because I followed him. He's been one of my distant mentors for years, and he didn't send me an email saying thanks. He didn't send me a text saying thanks. He sent me a handwritten email or a handwritten note in the mailbox and sent it to me. 
that's still sitting here on my desk. It, it made it made an impact. When I go visit a new client, I usually send a thank you card, and I I not only handwrite in it, but then I actually melt a little bit of wax on my name and I press my initial into it like in like in the old days. I want to make something a little bit different, something that will stand out, something people will remember. That's the way customer service is supposed to be. It's interesting. Listen to this. Another study, frustration draws studies, if nothing else. This is great. Listen. In another study, it found 37% of callers to automated systems immediately pressed zero, hoping to speak to a human. One creative blogger launched an online customer service cheat sheet with tricks to reach a live operator at frequently called companies. People want interaction with a live person when they have a problem. It doesn't matter if you think it's a problem. It matters when they think it's a problem. So why is it, if, if, if the majority of us want this, why is it that we don't do that for other people? Think about that for a second. We demand it for ourselves, but we don't give back to others when they need that. It isn't just in business. Large churches have started doing this too. And you know how frustrating it is when somebody needs something and they get run around in a, in a, in a system? I mean, it's pretty crazy when you actually think about this. But here's the kicker. This is what really really got to me when I read this. It says, for all of the miracles of the ones and zeros of technology, a machine cannot discern the urgency in a voice. An electronic impulse cannot poke its head down the hall to tell me the pastor's assistant is only at the copying machine and is about to wrap up. It can't say, hey, she's on a call, just about to get finished, she'll be right with you. No sensor can inform that an associate actually is in the pastor's office or in a businessman's office. And both of them were sitting there expecting the call. See, this is our problem. Technology cannot interact for us. And it doesn't stop there. Email, it's the worst. See, here's what I found out about email. No different than a text message, no different than reading a, a private message on Facebook. When we read something, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a message to us and we're reading it, we will read it in response to what our emotional level is at at that moment. If you get an email from your spouse and you're in a nasty mood, and, and and you're reading it wrong the first time, and you're skimming it, you may decide, well, they're being snarky, and I'm just going to snark back, when really they were just wanting to know how your day was going. Or or in Paige's case, sometimes she'll get an email, her, her critiques back from an editor, and, and because she's anticipating that she's going to have to do something, when she gets it back and she sees that it's 20 pages long, she freaks out and automatically, well, they just don't get my writing right. And this isn't negative to page. Everybody is this way. And then when she takes time and she opens it up and she reads it and she sees there's a lot of comments but not a lot of corrections, she's cool. I many times have sent emails to her or, or she sent them to me. I've sent them in business just to get back a snarky response. It's like, wait a minute, you missed my point. And I've learned to have to pick up the phone and chat. Last week I had a situation. Two great friends. One of them said, dude, I've been trying to get a hold of this other old boy, and he won't answer my calls. Is there anything wrong with him? No, man, I think he's cool. Let me see what's up. 
I do a quick text to this individual, not to talk to him, but to text him and say, hey, I need to talk to you live, because that's that's the best way to get a hold of him, is text him, and then he'll get back with me. Sure enough, about 15 minutes later, he buzzes me on the phone, says, what's up, dude? I said, well, I got this issue. I said, our buddy over here is a, is a little bit concerned because you haven't responded to him, and, and I'm going to play you know, kind of mediator here and find out what the heck's going on. He said, dude, that's that's no problem. He shares with me his frustration. I understood it. My other buddy may not understand that, so it's going to be great that I'm playing mediator in this and just be able to say, hey, dude, here's what the scoop is. You guys need to, to give it some time and then get on the phone together. But see, if they'd have started texting each other and not have me here, I guarantee you it would have blown up into a convoluted mess. No reason just the way it is. Life is that way. That's what Mark's getting at. We have replaced human interaction with technology. I mean, think about this for a second. Jesus is walking the face of the earth. Boop, 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 boop. His phone goes off. It's God the Father saying, hey, dude, what's up? Not much. Just kind of walking around down here. Oh, cool. Later. Got to go. Somebody else is calling me. I mean, a little abstract, absolutely, but that's where we're at today. We don't take time. Jesus got away and went into the mountains to pray, to think. Man, we don't even, we can't even go to our freaking office and think. You know, this is one of the things that ticks me off. I'll be sitting in a board meeting, I'm giving a presentation to somebody, and everybody's texting on their freaking phone. You know what I want to do? I want to pick up my water glass and, my water glass and slam it against the wall. And say, what was it I just said? What was the last freaking words out of my mouth? Because this is where we've we've gone to. We think that we instantly have to answer an email. We instantly have to answer a text. I'm just as bad. Think about this. When you get a letter in the mail, you don't just go and rip it open. Now, moms sometimes do if their sons or daughters are writing to them from war. But for the most part, you walk in at the evening time, you get the mail, you throw it on the table. If you need to slap something in the oven real quick, you do it. You drop your shoes at the door. doesn't matter, man or woman. You head into the bedroom to change clothes. If you're a young couple with no kids, you might make love before you do anything else. But you're going to take a shower. You're, you're going to clean up from a day's work. You're going to come out and make sure the food's still headed right. Get anything else out that you need to do. And then you're going to stand and look at the mail, pitch whatever's trash that you don't need. And then you're going to go through everything else. Some people actually wait and read their mail at the dinner table because it's relaxing to them. Then why is it that we can't disconnect? Why is it that we can't just take time to chill out and do what's right? Mark writes this. I thought this is great. He said, it's this this situation that's precisely why a caller to the DeMoss group has only two routes into the company's voicemail. Call at night or specifically request somebody's voicemail, and you'll go to it. But between 8.30 and 6.30, callers to their office without fail encounter a human being with a pleasant voice. Sherry, Brenda, or Leslie know where to find the person that you're calling, what calls are expected, when we left the office, and when our flight lands, and so on. I personally love that. I'm trying to figure out in my small business how I can get that to, to work for me a little better because I know that it's a, it's a weakness in my business model. 
He says the DeMoss Group will not transfer callers into some giant digital abyss. And when the holograms replace receptionists, we will cling resiliently to the hopeless dark ages of live operators. I love that. More and more I love being able to get somebody live that I can talk to, not have to put up with all this other crap. And yet we seem to do it in email, too. Listen to this. In 2002, human beings used technology to send and receive 400,000 terabytes of information by email. How much is a terabyte? That's equivalent. Now listen to this. 400,000 terabytes is the equivalent of 40,000 libraries of Congress. Now that's huge. We sent an email. The number has grown to a point today in 2012 that they don't even they don't even try to figure it anymore. Everything wants to come in an email. Listen to this. On Facebook alone, in the email message section of my main account, there's 400 unanswered emails. I just haven't gotten around to being able to answer them. People started sending me private messages, and it's like, I, I don't have time for this crap. I have an email. I have a telephone. I have a, I have a cell phone. You can text me. You can do something. I try to get to them all. I skim them real quick. But there's just no freaking way. I get I get almost a thousand emails a day from all thirteen email accounts. Most of them get deleted. I got one email account that you get a, get get somewhere between two and three hundred emails a day. I never read them. They get deleted. Never read them. That's I, I purposely created it just for junk mail. My Gmail account hardly ever gets opened. My Yahoo email hardly ever gets opened. We have become so intent. I would rather sit down and spend 15 minutes with one of my one of my wives listen to me, my wife or one of my children. In a, con- I would rather talk to one of my boys in a heated conversation, rather than have to get an email. It's just more fun to have the interaction, to be able to talk things through, to be able to get it get it down. Now sometimes. Sometimes writing something out is is very good. It helps. It gives a baseline for people. But most of the time, that's not the way it is at all. Say, Troy, this is about wisdom. Yes, it is. It's about you getting off your daggum butt, hanging up the phone, and calling somebody that you love. Why has Starbucks been so successful? Because it presented a third place in our life. Finally, we had a place where we could go and hang out with a live human being. We could chill out and have fun with them. The postal service isn't going bankrupt because people are sending mail. They're sending email and nobody's responding to it. It's it's crazy. One of the things that Mark does, listen to this. He goes into his office and he actually doesn't sit by his computer. He goes and sits on a couch where he can get his thinking done and working. Doesn't want anything to do with that. I know that, that John Maxwell has the same thing. He doesn't even answer emails before 10.30 in the morning. It's crazy. Listen to this. He says, while we sat at our desk ravaging our eyeballs on the screens before us, email more tightly enslaves the nation's workforce. Rarely do I walk the length of our office hallway without somebody asking whether I read the email sent to me just moments earlier, and most of the time I say nope. Not at all. See, it's time that we 
think about technology. Technology should help us. It should not be we should not be addicted to it. We have to take time to get away. Paige and I are, are planning a little getaway trip. We've not been uh, on a trip by ourselves since our first year of marriage. And she said, "Hey, I know you've got to you've got to take off. You've got the AMP convention that you've got to go to. By the way, I suggest anybody that can go to the A N M P Association of Network Marketing Professionals dot org. Get your ticket. Meet me in Vegas the first weekend of March. We're going to have a phenomenal convention. It's going to be great. But then I'm coming back home." I'm going to go spend three, four wonderful days with my my baby girl, Cassie, who turned 16. I took Tessa when she turned 16, so I'm, I'm taking Cassie when she's turned 16. We're going to go to Vegas, have a great convention, spend some quality time together. And then I'm going to come home, and Paige and I were sitting here, and we had this plan. We said, hey, let's just go down here to this one city that we both love. We'll go we'll go out on the nightlife and, and eat some great food and, and have fun and walk around on the on the, on the the pier and just, just have an awesome time. And, Yesterday she said, you know what really sounds fun would just be to go find a small cabin somewhere or, or take the camper somewhere and just just get up in the mornings and pray and talk and drink some coffee and go for a walk and relax. And I said, wow, that really does sound fun. We're changing our whole thing because we just want to get away and relax, get away and connect. You wonder why your marriage is all screwed up? Probably because you and your spouse text each other more than you do anything else. You know, one of the things that Paige does, and I do it too, I'll get a text, she'll say, oh, you mean the world to me, I love you so much. You know what? The only thing I have going for me in that is 24 freaking years of hearing her voice tell me that. Because it's not the same seeing it on a screen as it is hearing her say it. Receiving a card from her, she gave me the greatest card at, at Valentine's. See, that's the difference. That's what we've got to get back to. Why do you think your clients go to someone else? You want to build a network marketing business. You want to build a brick-and-mortar business. You want to do it right? Then here's what you have to do. You've got to make human contact. You've got to pick up the phone and treat people the way you want to be treated. You've got to do it right because if you don't, somebody else will. Somebody's listening to this radio show today, and they're going to do it right. And you may think, Troy, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're probably right. So let's look at what Warren Buffett has to say. I mean, when you've, when you've amassed a, a business empire like he has, and you're, you're worth billions, and you're the second richest person in the world, then it would make sense that you might know what it is you're talking about. So Warren Buffett runs a multi-million dollar investment firm, America's second richest man. man. He spends most of his day in an office with no computer whatsoever. And you say, well, yeah, that's because he's got that smartphone, that cell phone. No, according to a Wall Street Journal reporter who profiled Warren Buffett, he only had 13 calls that whole day, and one of them was the wrong number. Mark DeMoss got so concerned about this, he paid $10,000 for a guy to come in and teach him how to do things right. So they got their blogging down right. They figured out how to use a doggone BlackBerry correctly. They've got the greatest phone system. But he understood these are tools. They're not the life. Here's what he writes. I thought this was profound. He said, the issue, therefore, is not technology versus no technology, but how to use it wisely and well. As a guideline, I suggest that we, and not the technology or the corporations develop it, make the rules. 
I will decide when I read your email and when I answer it. My response to you, while timely, will not necessarily match the speed of instant messaging that so enormous our kids. Enamors our kids. Second, I'll use technology and where and where it helps, and otherwise ignore it, unplug it, walk away from it, and turn it off, whatever it takes. So I've got a smartphone that's coming to me in the mail. Paige has got a smartphone coming in the mail. And the reason we do is so that we can be connected to the kids no matter where we're at, not so that we can respond instantly to their gratification. That's the big difference. According to Wall Street Journal's Information Age columnist Gordon uh, Krevitz, on average, knowledge workers change activity every three minutes usually because they're distracted by an email or a phone call. It then takes almost half an hour to get back to the task once attention is lost. That's crazy. Another study estimated that an average of 28% of our workday is lost to interruptions in recovery time. Man, I'll attest to that. I hardly ever answer my phone. Last week I did not answer my phone at all because I was in the middle of doing some writing. I probably have 100 voicemail. Well, actually, what happens is my voicemail fills up, and it says they can't take any more voicemail. And, and I mean, it just is a pain in the butt when you're just a one-person guy. It's crazy. In the book, The Art of Being Wise, written by 19th century philosopher William James, here's what he says. The art of being wise is the art of knowing what to overlook. Now, I told you, my daughter sent a text, an average of 3,000 texts a month. Here's a girl in California sent 300 texts in one month. Britney Spears has over 6 million people that follow her on Twitter. It's, that Twitter is grown by 300,000 people a day just so they can, they can listen to somebody say, I just peed my panties. I just ate breakfast at Long John Silver's. My boyfriend broke up with me. I farted louder than you did. I mean, this is the crap that's on Twitter. I'm not making this stuff up. I have a Twitter account for marketing. I never go to it personally. I have thousands of followers. I think I follow 300 people. Most of them are, are very high, influential people that I, I want to see their words of wisdom because that's all they put out is words of wisdom. It's the craziest thing. Here's what people don't know. Don't know. This came out in a 2009 Nielsen study. 50% of people that open up a Twitter account never return to it the second month. Now what I do is I use a service called Tout where I can shoot a little 15-second video and put it out. It's easier, it's better, and people like it more. See, things that matter aren't done on Twitter. They're not done on Facebook. No matter what everybody tells you, that's not where the next greatest ideal is going to come from. It's not where the greatest invention is going to come from. I mean, this is what I find humorous all the time, is that a snot-nosed punk college kid created Facebook. And now all those people, all those grandparents and parents that wanted to say those snot-nosed college kids don't have anything worthwhile, they're just wasting their life, are now hanging out in this dude's platform putting up stupid stuff about their grandkids, putting up dumb pictures, writing ignorant things. Now who now who's 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 the snot knows what? I mean I'm being a little little coarse today, but think about this. We gripe and we moan about wasted time that youth have and yet we're the ones hanging out on Facebook because about 
Half of Facebook is now over the age of 40. And we wonder why our life's not going anywhere. Listen to what this. At the University of Pennsylvania, the commencement speaker says this. Turn off your computer. You're actually going to have to turn off your phone and discover all the humans around us. Nothing beats holding the hand of your grandchild as he walks his first steps. The speaker was Eric Schmidt, the chairman and CEO of Google. Folks, technology should be a tool. If you want to get wise, use it as a tool. Don't let you love this little book. Chapter 7, Buy Some Stamps, Reclaiming the Lost Art of Letter Writing. It's going to be fun tomorrow. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here in the morning for RealMentorsRadio.com.